On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Gary Sharp of Black Dragon Miniatures. Lots of great topics from his background in wargaming to the Warhammer fantasy scene in his area of the UK. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Old World Fanatics, your Warhammer fantasy podcast to quench your hobby thirst for all things the Old World. I'm one of your hosts, Gomo, and I'm here just with Josh today, mate. How are you going? Pretty well. Gomo? You had a few days off as well. We had a long weekend. Mm, Yep, yep. A few days off. It's been really nice weather. Trying to do as much hobby as I could despite the nice weather. Feel oh, guilty so sometimes when you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> given I haven't even been here, so for the um, mm. magics of the interweb and technologies, last week's episode was recorded two weeks ago, <laughs> and so yeah. I wasn't here last week. Yeah, uh, Andrew and I were it. both off. Yeah, um, uh, trekking around different parts of the world. So anyway, I'm back, but Andrew is still out with his family. Mm. Um, but yeah, now yeah. we've been enjoying it. So yeah, I haven't. I feel even worse than you man i wasn't even here to do any hobby so you were still messaging about planning oh, whatever stuff yeah, yeah interspersed yeah. with photos of tropical beaches <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right i don't know what it is maybe it's just yeah like yeah it's the inspiration you're sitting out there and, and i will admit fiji uh, had um uh, what do you call it random weather it's like they were rolling on the 2d6 terrain table every every like four hours <laughs> it was in a blistering hot rainy <laughs> You know, the horizontal rain <laughs> and then back to like sunny. Yeah. So anyway, it was a bit, yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. But no. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how Melbourne feels like most of the time. Is it? Except <laughs> okay. it's like the Albion weather chart. So half the time it's misty or just heavy rain. You know, you're not getting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some pleasant, mild, tropical uh, beach weather at all. Yeah. I know it does feel like whenever I've been to Melbourne, it has been quite rainy or cold, but then other times you guys get those massive heat waves and stuff. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the Adelaide. Yeah. No, all good. No, well, that's cool. Well, I mean, today um, we've got just, oh, I don't know, we were just going to catch up, see what you've been doing hobby-wise. I think there's a few little uh, tiny little news tidbits that just came out before we recorded today, so that might be worth talking about. And then our mm. big news um I guess our main segment today is we got a very special guest on to interview, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just yeah. had him on t- temporarily like we are recording this intro following the, the, the interview because we had to get up pretty early <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to facilitate right. interviewing him. But um, Yeah, so Gary, yeah, Gary Sharp from the UK, so uh, Black Dragon Miniatures. I mean, I'm guessing if someone's listening to us, they – I think they would know who he is unless mm. they're not on YouTube. I, I guess I don't think he does podcasts, does he? So it's all, it's all YouTube content. So if, you ha- if you're not on there or Facebook, you might not see him. But, I mean, how can you – you probably would see him in the 6th edition group. So I'm assuming people would know. But if not, uh, yeah. you'll learn a little bit about I mean, it in the interview. Yeah, he posts fairly regularly on that group and yeah. has some really nice photos of his, of his little Bretonian army and the, and the huge terrain table and the type of thing. But we go through that, yeah, in the interview. Yeah, nah, cool. So that that's um, the bulk of it, guys. Um, that's going to be a really good interview. Have a listen to that. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, do you want to um, do you want to start with just? I guess let's start quickly with the news, because it's not really a lot. Yep. But I have another little thing to bring up, I guess. Um, but yeah, today's announcement. They did Warhammer Day announcement, which we knew was coming. I've, I mean, yeah. I haven't followed GW much. Apparently, it is an annual thing, but I don't know. Um, what the. Warhammer preview thing. Is that the Warhammer Day. 
just like an annual thing. So I think they do these previews, but they call this thing Warhammer Day. I'm not sure why. I might be wrong. I don't know. <clears throat> but um, anyway, that's obviously been aligned perfectly with this 40 years of Warhammer and the weekly drip of, you know, particular miniatures and stuff coming up. So everyone sort of already penciled this in as being something coming in the middle of October. Um, and again, I'm expecting it. Let's, I'll just read one little part that came out, which is basically saying um, there's a real world of stuff to unveil, new books, miniatures for Warhammer 40,000 and Warhammer Age of Sigma, a new box and a new faction for Kill Team and big news for Warhammer, the old world, which is why I just wanted to bring this up here that obviously, um, you know, the rumours were originally, I believe the rumours a few, like six, 12 months ago was, or oh, sorry, when this 40 anniversary year thing was dripping out that maybe this would be a time to announce the game i'm i mean i personally not totally 100 onto that yet but i'm i'm assuming they will at least give us a little bit of more information rather than just a miniature or something i don't know what do you think josh oh i don't know Colin, i, don't, I know you're, you're, i like you're, you're you like set the bar really low so it's cool yeah because i've been through this many times i mean yeah. looking back i was trying to remember what did they do for Warhammer Day last year? Because I'm sure they had an announcement. And I think it was just like that's when they put out the the bunch of artwork for Bretonia and um, Cetra, just ah, like hand-drawn hand stuff. And they're like, oh, look at the new artwork. So those came the out on a, on a Warhammer Day preview, I, did they? Well, I, you might be right. I, I just following it. I just pulled up the a little um, a record of the different dates. And that, yeah. that update was dated the 14th of, of October last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm, so scaring me. Must be, it must be the Warhammer Day thing. That yeah. being said, we have had models released now. I feel like things are sort of moving forward a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I still refuse to believe it's going to be anything more than, you know, maybe a National Rules going to release or... Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I can't think it's anything more than a model either. But as you say... They are suggesting that there's going to be models for other games and this is going to be news. So some of it's going to be mm. sort of... So I guess yeah. that's my logic. My, when I mm. first read it, I straight away realised they were saying... Because I think I've said this in the past before, like those previews coming, everyone talks about, oh, we're going to get launch dates, going to get X, Y, and Z. But I'm like, or, or like we're going to get a development diary and stuff. I'm like, no, well, they're not going to tell you rules on a preview show because it's visual, they want video, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're, you know, they're not going to go in depth into what makes the game and what it's going to do that they, they want like i think that it's more hard hitting sort of you know visual stuff and so in the past that's when i always thought it's going to be models if they're going to say old world which most of the time it has been but this one i thought was different just because they specifically called out models for all the other three i mean they said a new box and new factions i guess for kill team so that's models as well yeah. um, but all they said was and big news for warhammer the old world yeah. and so I went straight to, and we've talked about this, that we think the schedule's screwed, Epic got pushed back, everything's probably a mess, but we still expected it maybe to be sometime next year. I don't know. I'm I'm almost, I wouldn't bank with my house at all, but I'm quietly confident that we might get some type of idea of, I won't say roadmap, but some type of where it's, at and when they think it might be coming. I, I don't know. Even if it's like quarter one next year with a big grey box that says Old World, you know, like you don't even know if that's January or it's March. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know how sometimes they do those roadmaps with like blank codexes and you don't even know what they are? You know quarter I mean? one. That's hopeful. 
I don't know because they, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, I'm not saying it is that, but I'm just saying that could be yeah. quarter two or whatever. But I'm saying like it won't be like oh, it's releasing January 21, but it might be it's coming first half of next year or something yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, I refuse to feel hype for the thing in two yeah. weeks. I'm just going to wait and see. You can gloat I, next Monday with me. I have I'm totally. Oh, sorry, the one after when I'm totally wrong. I continue to gloat every time we have yeah. it on these updates and I'm really yeah. disappointed by it. That's right. I'm going to be the optimist and you can be yeah, the realist. Yeah, yeah. It'll, mm. it'll happen one day, but yeah. Um, I just – I have no expectations and then I'll, one day I'll be pleasantly surprised when they release concrete details and I'll be like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. But anyway, that's next, uh, not this Saturday, next Saturday. Um, actually, far in Australia, I don't know what, that's like midnight Saturday or something. I don't even know. So, I think um, it was midnight AST on the banner. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, because it's 2 p.m. Um, B, yeah. BST, yeah. No, that sounds right. Cool. Um, okay, well, that's a little bit of tidbit for the old world news, and that's not a lot. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is just a, the one thing I would say is that it does list those games, and then I feel like the old world is tacked on as a last bit of a sentence. Yeah. So that's another – sorry, I was thinking of this. That was the other reason I'm like, oh, I feel like if it was big news, it would be like the first one in, this, in right. that list of games. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, well, you might be right. I don't think it's a good call. It's, it's funny, like Horus Heresy isn't mentioned at all, and neither is Epic. Mm. So and, or Middle Earth, and that's supposed to come out, but like Epic's supposed to. Oh to, yeah, that's just like gone <laughs> into the void. I mean, everyone knows it's delayed because of some printing error. At least that's what everyone says. But like GW have not made. It's just disappeared. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, yeah. How bad's this printing error? So, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, cool. Um. Do you want to do a little bit of? Uh, I, I think it's worth. Do you want to not bring up CanCon as any in details? But I mean, I can't remember last podcast were we even were you even confirmed as being potentially a TO? Were we even talking about that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> we're talking about the, in the... Yeah, because yeah, it all happened while you were overseas, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and or just maybe just before that, but we'd already pre-recorded the second half of the Empire one. Yes, I um, think so. Yeah. So yeah, there was absolutely no mention of it aside from that vague joke that you and Andrew made during our interview with Julian yes. and Ben. Yeah, Josh going, could do it. Josh could do it. That <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. in that moment I was like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Little so, did we know. That's right. Just, you and just, uh, Patty are teaming uh, up and running sixth edition CanCon this year. I well, know. Next year. Yeah. I yeah. know. Oh. And uh, yeah, just from you know, it's funny how it springs from you know, doing this podcast, we interview Patty, we interview yeah. Julian and Ben. Next thing you know, Julian and Ben are like going, Josh it. and Patty, should you guys, do you guys want to do it? Because <laughs> no one else is interested in doing it. And if you're going to miss the window, if you don't do it soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, how, it, when did you get that in? Was that like the day of last submission? Or it was pretty close? Or? Uh, no, it was like five or six days before oh, okay. the last, you know, the deadline of when the, when the tickets actually became on sale. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't too, I mean, ideally I think they want it earlier than that. But, yeah, it wasn't like literally hours before <laughs> the window <laughs> closed or anything like that. Um, uh, and, yeah, it gave us enough time to to readjust some things, try to, you know, work out what we have to deal with in terms of 
terrain acquisition and logistics and that yeah. type of thing. And that sort of helped us to work out, you know, how many tables you might be able to supply without too much stress. And then sort of depending on signups and you know, levels of terrain, we can then maybe continue to acquire. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe hopefully better open things up further. Oh, um, cool. Because that's the challenge, isn't it? At the end of the day, you're <laughs> Melbourne. Um, Paddy yep. Sydney and the and, yep. and, and the well, I mean, it's sort of good. The the convention's halfway between those two. Yeah, it? sort of. <laughs> We're all eight hours away. Well, no, I'm, I guess I'm much more further. <laughs> Sydney's only a couple of hours away. Um, but you're actually helping as well, don't? Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm called the. What am I? Call, I'm calling. Yeah, well, you're minion, calling it the apparently. minion. And well, I that's a name in the in the TO pack. Is you know the the some of the TOs have what they call as minions. So oh, cool. I didn't. It's know a that name I, I haven't like actually. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't coin it. <laughs> That's why on that um, I'm drafting a letter to try to get some sponsors, and I thought oh, I'll call myself the the CanCon TO minion or something. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm happy to help. I didn't want to. Um, I mean, obviously everyone wants to play. I mean, I think that's the downside to TOing at least the bigger events. I mean, smaller ones you can play, but um, I didn't. You know, I don't think we. I mean, it doesn't need three people, does it? No, nah, TOing. Nah, I don't think so. Nah. Yeah. I think it definitely helps to have you um, just doing general support and yeah, yeah contacting sponsors and and you know definitely helping out with the tech stuff because i feel like me yeah. and patty are pretty you know we're we're not that's not really where our um, strengths are everyone strengths seems, are. yeah and like i'm totally passionate about like i'm already envisioning um specific qr code stickers on every table with the table number qr scans to like bring up that warhammer app Oh yeah, thing, you six, know, like, cause how many times app, do you yeah. play a game where it's like, what the fuck do forests do again? Or what, what, do, mm. you know, it's always, like, I'm always thinking the QR should just go to the terrain rule. <laughs> <laughs> by default. <laughs> yeah, by default. Yeah. Um, and things like that. And then obviously looking at, you know, different um, software to uh, potentially run the whole scoring. So, you know, you're not having to sit there and take in everyone's stuff manually, but we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm happy to do heaps of that stuff. And Yeah, I think that would be hugely yeah. helpful because otherwise we'll essentially be doing pen and paper, you know, yeah. old school and then trying to just... use maybe the Swiss chess thing that, you know, because Julian and Ben were saying they had like a, a debt, like a program that's on the, on the PC that wasn't even an internet program, just something yeah. that could let them do the matchups. Um, and that's how they were, you know, it's almost fully manual. Yeah, no. Nah. So, like, I mean, and obviously there is, yeah, there's there's a few options I started looking at. I mean, I, we did use, I remember I, I was using one for that slow grow years ago. Um, you know, so there's definitely ones we can use. It's just where have they gone? You know, where are they and how technologically advanced are they, you know, since then? Because that's, you know, six, seven years ago. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know if there's yeah. any much more to say about that. Obviously, we'll talk to you and Patty probably as we get closer to having a pack out, I guess it'd be cool yeah, to maybe do yeah, that. We're, yeah, we're working on that at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, still yeah. trying to work out a few details and get scenarios in order and that type of thing. Um, uh, we have essentially, and we haven't formally announced it yet, maybe I'll just do it on the podcast, but oh. we're fairly much decided on 2,000 points as the, as the mm, size because yeah. I feel like that's it. We were tossing up between 2250 and 2000. Um, yeah. But we felt like going from four games to five this year, because that is one thing that is clear on the, on the blurb, <clears throat> is it is yeah. five games. But it's such a big convention. Um, is Do you still want to facilitate time for people to be able to go and do other things? Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like if we went to a bigger game, that would sort of slightly limit people's ability to do that. 
Um, I mean, I don't think the games are that much longer, really. It's more just you get bigger stuff like yeah. dragons and stuff. But I think there is a slight benefit that yeah, games will be much. Yeah, and I saw some of that dialogue you guys had back and forth, and it's true. Like you don't want every convention to be uh, like every tournament to be the same because then it sort of uh, the lists start becoming the same and you know all that. So it's cool to have a bit yeah. of variability. But because we're so, I guess six is still you know this is a new sort of scene growing again um i like the idea of bring it back up to five games sort of back to sort of normal if you know what i mean um 2000 and then if it if it's still going and you know obviously if old world's not out and other tournaments come up like castle salt then play with the values you know yeah Yeah, Yeah. indeed and i mean that's the thing is other tournaments will have different circumstances as well you know where so it's such like castle assault where you're literally there to play Warhammer. There's no other convention going on. There's nothing yeah. else to really do. Um, so, you know, there might be more of a window to, to play with, um, you know, uh, list more sizes table. In, yeah. in that regard. Um, but, yeah, we do, like I checked, we have actually quite a few sign-ups already. Like it's, mm. the tickets are only open a couple of days and I checked with the CanCon organisers, I think it was yesterday afternoon, like Monday afternoon, so like, just a day and a half after tickets open, we already sold twenty three tickets. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's, that's over than, half because you more than half of the allocation. Yeah, you started with forty, didn't you? And what was yeah. um, CanCon this year? Went above that a little bit. It hit fifty. Yeah, okay. I think it could have gone higher, but they didn't. I think they were sort of limited on terrain availability and that type of thing. Um, uh, I'm I am expecting that will go that will mm. have more people um uh and if we if we get above 50 that'd be really cool uh you know i feel like you know there's a limit to how much patty and i will be able to manage as tos you know we've only done it like i've never done it patty's done patty's done moab which i think she did really well with um uh but but yeah we are you know just gently easing into this whole <laughs> this whole thing. At least it's um well you hope well, it's a it's a mature um gaming system and a bunch of players. So hopefully they're not yeah. totally dragging you guys into everything. But who knows? No, of course not. Yeah, I mean it's easing in as much as you can when you're first starting off with the one of the biggest tournaments in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. It's a good way to get look yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. way to hopefully um hopefully you don't get earmarked as a TO man because you obviously want to play a lot because you are a good player. So we'll see how we go. I don't, I don't mind doing it, but I just, yeah, I, I, it'd be a mixture of that and also traveling around and playing tournaments. For yeah, sure. and I think that was some of the other discussions is potentially maybe doing something different on the Sunday. You know, so there's a bit of gaming, whether or not that's a little team thing or something. And it'd maybe be that's fun that you could play in. You know, or yeah, know. it'd be fun yeah. to do like a little doubles thing or something. But I don't know if we're going to arrange it. It's just, yeah. it's just a pie in the sky idea at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. I mean, my plan right now is probably to head back, but I mean, who knows, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think Andrew said he got tickets too, so I think we are both coming. So yeah, I think all he's got three of us will be there. Maybe we'll um. Oh, his name was on the list. I saw his name. <laughs> yeah, record a live episode down there or that, something at some point. That would be fun, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Um, or it could just be you doing like little like grab grab bags around the tables, and then we would splice it all together, and that's just um, yeah. What, funny. interviewing people? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. Um, Actually, with that slight sort of related, not really, I was playing around with New Recruit. Now, New Recruit is, I don't, some people will know what it is. It's an online army builder for Ninth Age. But they opened up, Um, I guess because it's built off the Battle Scribe files, it 
you know, you can use it for Warhammer and stuff. And there's obviously a, a very well-known Warhammer 6th edition repository that you can manually add into Battlescribe. Um, but there's a bit of, I don't know if it's controversy or not, but basically the Warhammer files in Battlescribe for 8th, 7th and, geez, 4th or something, can't remember what it is. They're just dormant. They're, they're neglected. They like haven't been updated in three years, and I don't think, I don't think you can even get hold of. I think I even sent them a message, and no one got back to me. So it's just like this stuck repository with three different versions, but not six of Warhammer in Battlescribe. And so the you know the main guy kicked off the whole. I can't remember his name, Ergo, or whatever, who kicked off the whole. Really, the Warhammer Sixth Edition Facebook group and all that sort of stuff. He built a really good Battlescribe repository. But because it's not in that other one and you can't add it in there, um, it's not on Battlescribe. Now, New Recruit sucks in stuff that's already in Battlescribe. So 6th edition isn't on a Battlescribe. Anyway, I ended up getting hold of a guy and I don't even know. I don't, I, I'm still learning who's who and stuff. But I think I found some guy who has access to the New Recruit stuff and he manually, I guess, overrode it to get that repository, that six, a copy of the 6th edition one in. So now if you go into New Recruit on the website and get an account, you can see it's basically Ergo's files in New Recruit. The problem is there's a few bugs now. I don't think it's Ergo's problem. I think it's New Recruit not loading in Battlescribe stuff 100% the same and so there's some issues. Right. But anyway, I've ended up getting commit access to that repository. So I'm hoping that if I can find the time since coming back from holidays and stuff that I can try and work out these little bugs and potentially keep syncing Ergo's Battlescribe 6 ed files into new recruits so that you, if people, A, don't want to use Battlescribe or just want to use an actual web-based army builder, that way it's totally available on your phone, on any computer, as long as you log in, you get the same files and stuff. Um, you know, I think that's a better system than Battlescribe. I hate like these apps and offline stuff. And nothing, I mean, Army Builder is the best, but man, it's, you need to use an old version of Windows to basically yeah. get it to work. I don't use Windows. So I've got like, I've got an old Windows machine sitting under my desk here that's just open and running. Like I can remotely connect to it on my Mac so I can bring it up. Like it just shits me. It's so your like, Army Builder machine, is it? Yeah, Literally have it there yeah. to build the yeah. armies with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm committed to – I just want a web-based army builder for six, but if I can get it to work, I will, but we'll see how it goes. But I guess the sidetrack to that is it has a tournament scoring thing. I just – I don't know. People listening to this might know what it does, but I don't. But I'm assuming uh, is it not locked to ninth? Can we somehow utilise that one maybe? And if I get the bat, um, the sixth edition files working properly, then, you know, that's just another reason to potentially maybe look at that as the software. Um, but you know got a few months to sort that out we'll see yeah. how we go yeah i mean yeah the only thing with the software is it has to be something that's easy to access easy to use um uh so that yeah it's not going to cause a whole lot of confusion and difficulty for people mm. coming in and using it for a tournament especially yeah. for the first time um, yeah yeah it totally. could be it could be you know yeah cause some complication but um uh, yeah, if, if we if we can get it running and it's it's not that hard to 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 do, even if it is just a browser based one, in some ways that's better than well, that's ma it, making I mean, that's people install an app. Yeah, no, um, you don't have to do any of that. You just yeah. bloody go to a website. Again, we'd have that QR coded onto the things or whatever in your tournament pack or whatever, and bang, it's just there. Oh right, yeah, you yeah. could just use a QR code. Yes, <clears> I like that. 
Yeah, yeah, and then they could so literally just put, maybe brings up just a couple of of templates, and he just put in the numbers from that yeah. table. I mean, the oh, great thing, I mean, again, I'm I'm work. jumping ahead because it might not even do this stuff right. But if you actually had everyone <laughs> using new recruit for it, this is just an example. But if you ever had everyone who did use it, you then know that who every player is. So then you could even use it, even if you had to build a little other web thing to submit things like best voting that like best army best terrain like that and and they vote on that type of stuff and you because you know that person they can't vote twice or anything you'd have yeah. it all just digitized it'd be so much better yeah. but yeah. right you know least of our yeah. problems really but that's the fun stuff that, that keeps my that brain clicking I, along. yeah that is definitely a, a cool thing down the line if we could mm. get that running that'd be really cool yeah um i guess one thing that does frustrate me slightly with the battle scrap files sorry files and therefore the new recruit files is there's you know, it's got all the main army books, but the Storm of Chaos lists, the back of the yeah. book lists, they're in Army Builder, but they're not in Battle Scribe. Yeah, some are, some um, aren't. I mean, it just depends on, yeah, like yeah, if Ergo yeah. gets around. I don't know. I mean, there'd probably other people doing submissions to his stuff as well. Mm. Um, but certainly I could do that even into his one. Um, it, the way it was copied over, it's not sort of a proper git. I mean, I won't get technical, but I mean, it's sort of like a manual way. You'd have to like copy his changes into ours, which is probably, you don't have, we could have done it a different way. But I mean, I didn't even know. It, the guy was awesome. He just went, hey, I've created this thing and it's in there now. And what's your GitHub thing? I'll give you access. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so okay. It's good, but I just now actually have to do it. So um, yeah. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. It's got potential. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Cool. Well, that's uh, sort of newsish. Um, apart from that, man, do you want like hobby wise before we get on to the interview with um, Gary? I mean, I haven't done a lot. I mean, I thought I'd finish most crossbowers before this call, and I haven't. So I'll still finish them. I. But, you know, do you want to that's... mention Moab before we? Oh, yeah, yeah, if you want. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I haven't heard much about exactly what happened. <laughs> Because yeah. it's like, I don't know. Um, but all I've heard is that Kieran um, came first. Yeah, Kieran Ping. Yeah, with his, uh, well, I don't even know. Was it his dwarfs? I'm assuming, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I should really get Patty to post up some more photos. I think I saw some photos of the 8th edition one the day after. Um, ah, uh, yeah, I did on as Facebook. well. Yeah, yeah. But I should get Patty to post up some more. Yeah, well, I thought one. with that one, yeah. So Moab obviously was a tournament run out of Sydney. Um, had, did they have 20-something? Yeah, I think it was twenty. Yeah, twenty so or was, twenty-four, but it was it was it was sold out at that. Like that was the most she could yeah. have. Yeah. So she and Patty ran that. Obviously, we had her on a few weeks back. She's the TO for that, but now CanCon. And yeah, one of our local guys in Newcastle here, Kieran, had won it, as far as we know. And I have reached out to him um, to get him on and run through his games and stuff. So hopefully, maybe next week we could do that as well. That'd yeah. be pretty cool. And maybe by then, you guys would have talked about. Like you and Patty could have talked a little bit more about scenarios that worked yeah. in Moab or didn't, because I think that's what you guys were saying. Hey, that you, you wanted to see how Moab went with some of those. Yeah, things. like she was really busy with Moab and stuff. Yeah. So you know, now that now that's all done and dusted, and she's you know, yeah, we can take some some stuff that she's learned from that and feed that into how we set up the scenarios for this one. Yeah, that'd be cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, that's tournament stuff, and then yeah, hobby. Like I said, I haven't done a lot of that because I've been away. So I don't know. Apart from um doing this little back and forth with you on KanCon as well, but that's not really, it's sort of hobby, but not really hobby, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you did post some big pile of printed stuff to me though, so I think <laughs> I, I will have more hobby coming. Um, <laughs> so I better get on it once it yep. arrives. Loading yeah. it all into, into a big 
box and sent it to Newcastle. <laughs> what was it? A, bit, a unit of great swords and some swordsmen. Yeah. And then and then I think Andrew got How me the... How many Yeah, for Andrew, was it? It was... Yeah, the bull centaurs. Um, uh, I think I did like twenty in the end because oh, he wanted wow. he wanted ten, yeah. and he wanted a, an extra bunch so that he could you know do conversions and stuff. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, so <laughs> it was yeah a big a big pile of resin. Mm, um, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I'll, I mean that's the thing I want to get. If I get these swords, these guys done, then I know the color, sort of how I was going to do it again because I hadn't painted that scheme for years. So. Um, and I'll, I'll get the great sword started, I think. Um, but apart from that, it, what have you? You're probably the only one who's actually done a hobby. Probably because I'm the only one not on a holiday. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I've mainly, I've sort of been doing, focusing on two things. Um, uh, one is that with CanCon, I've sort of been like, oh man, let me try to get terrain. more terrain going. <laughs> And the thing is, I do have quite a bit of terrain, but I don't have many standalone hills mm-hmm. um, because my setup, I've got like a, a fairly um, large sort of modular setup. Not very transportable, unfortunately. I've played um, on that at your house once, but that was a long time ago. I vaguely remember Oh, it. okay. That was, you have, but that was the um, first rendition oh, of my okay. setup. So I actually... Okay. During COVID, it was this is probably a ma- the major project that I spent during COVID for like a year and a half, two years was re- redoing it where I've got you know um, uh, different size squares, you know better reinforcement around the edges because I think those ones I made with you that you use were literally just foam um, with magnets in the side. Um, uh, but I sort of re- refreshed it. I made sure I was cutting more accurately so that the it's, it's really ninety degrees, so everything lines up better. Um, and I've got, you know, an arrangement of, of different size squares. So some of them are two foot by two foot, some are one by one, some are two foot by one. Um, some have got rivers that in, you know, built within the, the squares. I've got, you know, like a pond as well. Um, uh, and then I've got a, different types of hills, um, some that are divided across squares and actually the tops come off. So you can put in like uh, an arm and hand piece or a watchtower or a wizard's tower, a few things like that. Like, wow, I want to see some pictures of this oh, on our Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I probably should. Like it all sits there and I should really get more photos of it. Like I originally, like part of the way I designed it was, was sort of for Lord of the Rings, but also for, for rank and flank stuff. Um, cause I was sort of embarking on like a quest for the ring bearer type campaign, um, at that point. Um, uh, so I also got like a little hobbit house and a cornfield and a few things like that that go with it. You know, um, that picture you have shared of, is it the Brandywine river? No. What's yeah, the, is, yeah. Is that Buckle part of it? Buc- yeah. Buckleberry bridge or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Buckle is that, Ferry. yeah that's, you know, that was part of it. Yeah. That was, that was as far as I took when I was doing that scenario. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that so little that's, fairy that, is that's for, part of the table, effectively. Yeah. You can move. It. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, long story. Like, it's all set up. It's got really nice hills, but it is not going to yeah, be. You know, you can't take it into state. Um. So it means it means I need to put together some some hills. So um. Uh. I have found some files that I was printing off a little bit. You know, they're biggish hills that. I've got a little Mars printer that uh, I need. To, I needed to cut up the files to be able to squeeze them onto the printer to get them printed off, mm. um, which was has been a bit, a little bit of work. So you can but, print a hill that 
you can print something that big in the printer or is it depending on the base that you've got? I don't know how the printers work, but I wouldn't have the, thought they'd that big. No, like, it's not that big. It's only like okay. 14, maybe 14 by 10 centimeters and then maybe a 20 up to 26 centimeters in height or something like that. So not that big. Mm. So I'm printing these hills off in like six or seven pieces. And then putting them, yeah. Wow. And then, okay. then you put it together. Yeah. Um, uh, but now, like today, I've actually put it together and I'm like, this hill actually looks kind of wrong. I got them off Terrainify, for anyone who wants to know. Um, uh, but they're kind of, the dynamic hills they've got, it is slightly rockier than what I was sort of thinking. Um, and I might just go back to cutting up foam and doing it old school. Uh, yeah, well, but, I was going to do that for you guys, do a few too. So maybe obviously yeah. we'll need to coordinate all that, but yeah. Yeah, totally. But I think yeah. I might use them. I'm thinking of doing like a snow themed um, terrain table, just like a mountain yeah. terrain to actually go with my Sloger army. Cause I'm thinking that might fit like a, like a, I'm doing Celtic Slanesh and I want to do like a mm. chaos way slash Northern Nagaroth's um, style yeah. theme for that. Um, and I don't, I never had any terrain to go with it, but I'm thinking that, if I maybe get some mats going, one of them I might get like a snow theme one, and then that might line up with that army, and then I might actually do some terrain for it. So these tools I printed off might actually go really well with a snow themed um, mm. uh, terrain table, um, which is a type of terrain I've never actually really bat- like done before. Like I've mainly done like fairly grassy, um, yeah. uh, uh, sort of green or autumnal sort of settings. Um, so that'll be a really interesting um, uh, whole genre to to take on. Um, uh, and and yeah, I've actually the other thing I was doing is again with the Cancon terrain is is my forest. Some of my trees are not designed for terrain uh, tournament mm-hmm. handling, so yeah, I've got yeah. I've gone back and I've uh, started making some new trees. Um, uh, actually, I've got a few trees that I already made using wire armatures, and I found them to be really um, resilient um uh so i've actually made up a few more of those um takes a while but you know i just sit there watching tv and i'm just like Twirling winding yeah. yeah essentially yeah. i i cut like 80 or 70 like about 20 centimeter piece um wires 0.7 millimeter wires so they're just thin enough that you can um adjust them by hand uh and you know you, you line them up you get a little bit at the bottom for the roots um put some tape at the bottom to to help you keep them together and as sort of to establish a trunk and then you go up you know three or four centimeters you take off maybe 12 or 15 wires to make a lower branch um uh and you start off with one wire winding itself around the trunk and then up around that branch and then you just take off three or four wires you know a little bit down that mm. branch keep having that wire rounding around just keep keep it all together and you just keep splitting off like that um there's there's, there's, there's good resources it's how to do the internet like it's hard to describe yeah. you know, verbally but yeah. that's essentially yeah. how it works and it takes a bit of time uh you know maybe about half an hour to do one uh or at least half an hour probably but yeah as i said you can you can do it while you're watching a movie or something and it's yeah and actually it's really lifelike um and then and then i just need to get some um some bark compound that you just you know you just do a layer or two on there to, to fill in the wire edges and and that type of thing um and then i usually use like rubberized horsehair for the for the foliage like the, mm-hmm. the finer branches um uh and then and then some other just 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 uh leaves often i use like the mini nature foliage leaves to, to stick on to stick on there but uh yeah I, f- I find them to be to be good solid trees and really lifelike 
um, just got to do a few more of them. Yeah, cool. Nah, I mean, I just tend to, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I just like to, I just, I'm lazy and just go and buy actual trees from like a hobby store or something. But yeah, I guess they get pricey. Plus, like I said, some of them aren't built to get moved around and eventually everything comes off them and stuff. So, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen with mine either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other thing I was doing was just, it just, I was just in this afternoon, which is um, doing the priming for my little. Um, yeah, the Cult Slash Slow Grow, you know, I've, I've had these girls sort of, I was getting them bases ready and that type of thing. Um, I was sort of trying to get some rocky looking basing um, uh, printed and then and I've, I've got them ready now. I finally airbrushed them. So um, I can get painting on those guys ready for, for the, the Slow Grow starting next month. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I need to start trying to sort mine out. I thought that I'll just get... Yeah, I'll get my 400 points put down, as in, you know, like I said, like assembled and stuff and primed, yeah. and then I know what I've got then. It doesn't take much. Like yeah. 400 points, as soon as you have a character in there, um, you're pretty much looking at maybe another 15 guys to paint, you yeah. know, depending on the army. Um, yeah. And it's actually not that onerous, um, uh, which is what I was hoping to do. Like that was the, the yeah. des- how I designed it. But in, in practice, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. Yeah, it actually isn't stressful for me to put together. I can yeah. I can do this as well as other things. That's to be good. Uh, cool. Well, that's good. Um, hopefully we'll have a little bit more next week. I'll I'll actually get some paint or, or at least assembling some of those things. That'd be good. I wonder yeah. how long it'll take until those great swords arrive or not. That'd be interesting. Well, so, he, he offered me express post for an extra four dollars, and I was kind of like, ah. You guys yeah. have been waiting long enough. <laughs> nah, yes, and it's not urgent. And this thing, I'll probably take Tomb Kings to Cancon, so I probably won't even take. The Empire's just pure labour of love until uh, all yeah. it comes yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Good. that was a pretty decent hobby section. I feel like, oh, no, it's because I've, it's been two weeks since our last actual hobby section, you know, because yeah, you, you guys were away, yeah. so we didn't actually yeah. do one last week. So yeah. I feel like I've done all the hobby, and yeah. you guys have been out doing yeah. something. So. Drinking um, and laying in the sun and getting sunburnt. Unfortunately, yeah, I shouldn't have yeah, done that. Having lots of fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, cool. Okay. Well, do we want to get on to uh, chatting to Gary and yeah, you know, what he's been up to over in the uh, what I say over over the pond in in UK. Yep. Let's do it. Well, we've got uh, Gary here today. Gary Sharp from Black Dragon Miniatures. We've, I'm so happy to have him on on our podcast. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give you a little bit of an, an introduction, Gary. Uh, I reached out to you. I've been following your YouTube channels for a little bit. So um, once I kicked off this podcast, I've been looking around for, you know, interesting people to have on and, and just le- learn a bit about their story and their background. So I reached out to you and you obviously were um, gracious enough to, yeah, want to come on. And obviously the time zones are always a bit challenging with UK to AU. So, yeah, welcome, Gary. Thanks for being on the Old World Fanatics. Thanks for having me. I mean, the listeners know us, um, and I'm assuming they know you, Gary, but uh, if they don't, is it cool if you just give a little, quick little background about, you know, yourself and sort of what, what you do on um, on YouTube and, and your sort of quick background into your wargaming career, yeah, sure. call it that? <laughs> yeah, so um, started a long, long time ago, um, probably best part of 37 years ago, I think it was when I first got into Warhammer. And uh, it was my uh, cousin that uh, I went round to his house. He was a bit older than me and he had a battlefield all set up and sort of 
uh, a character called Caleb Dark. Um, and uh, yeah, that sort of hooked me uh, into uh, into the hobby, really, and uh, carried on, obviously, as you do, painting with Goblin Green and everything up until the point <laughs> of... Uh, mm getting a job at Games Workshop. Um, So I worked at the Leicester store in the UK, which is smack bang in the middle in the Midlands. Um, Did that for about only 12, 18 months, and then went off and got a proper job. Uh, Then had a little bit of a sabbatical when I was about 20, and the fact that I sort of just completely boxed everything up, put it away, and uh, it didn't see the light of day for probably the best part of 15 years. And then a little boy comes along and I started getting him into watching Lord of the Rings, uh, the cartoon version, if you remember that, the half-finished job. Ah, yes. And and then that started, you know, developing into, oh, I've got all these models in the loft and got them down and started doing that. Um, And then uh, being a bit of an entrepreneur anyway, I set up a gaming club and then that turned into a model shop because I couldn't get a trade account unless I had a bricks and mortar. So it was like, right, okay, that's what I next need to do. And uh, basically the Black Dragon Miniatures was formed nine years ago. Uh, From there, that's then gone into the YouTube channel. And uh, we have in excess of 70 battle reports now for Warhammer 6 edition on there. Not many AOS. <laughs> I'm not even sure there's <laughs> one on there. Um, but yeah, it's basically got into that. And through that, obviously in the store, uh, ran uh, probably four or five tournaments at least a year for Warhammer 6 edition. And uh, the community's grown and grown and grown. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, me in a nutshell, really, I guess. Wow, that's cool. So, is your so that's your son? Did you say sort of was interested in Lord of yeah, the Rings? Yeah, Henry. He's uh, just turned or... turned thirteen. Unfortunately, he's heavily into forty k at the minute. Yeah. But <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I will get my claws into him in the end. <laughs> I wonder about that because I hear a few things. Obviously, you know, most of us have kids and stuff, and it's like how many successful how many people have successfully got their kids into wargaming but uh yeah it'd be interesting to see yeah no he's he's pretty good he's he's into most things i am and um yeah he's uh i mean 40k really is the one that's really bitten him hard um yeah i did manage to play a bit of bolt action with him uh rumble slam that type of thing obviously when he was a bit younger concentration maybe wasn't quite as good i mean he's only 14 now so He's yeah, getting there, yeah, but he's really enjoying 40k at the minute. And uh, um, quite frankly, uh, I'm just happy he's doing it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah you're, clo- you're pretty close. You're in the in the ballpark there. Yeah, <laughs> there's dice and there's modelings involved, so you know it's all good. Are you? Um, I've always joked with my kids that, like, if they, I mean, they they two girls they didn't get into it but i was like you know it's like you can't be into drugs if you're into into buying plastic crack from games <laughs> <That's> <laughs> very much so yeah. you, you can't be into living if you run a model store either yeah. let's be honest well yeah that's true <laughs> no, that's cool so um yeah i mean that's oh man that's interesting so it's it's so funny isn't it how um most people i don't know if that's scary or not but most people's uh transition into the hobby and then they're transition out for a bit and then come back it's so similar and the ages are very similar so uh yeah i, yeah, think, no, I think it was just a case of i hit a point where football or soccer um and um partying and stuff just took my hobby 
hobby time away um, yeah. and it kind of got forgotten about for a bit um, and then obviously when you sort of get a bit more free time um, obviously you're not partying so much and uh, you got need something to do at the weekends when you get injured <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, out comes the paintbrush I, I always thought that it's it's big in the UK because of the weather and you guys are always inside but I don't know if that's true or not <laughs> Yeah, the weather is pretty bad. I mean, uh, it is a factor. Um, I think the other, it's one of those where, again, you can get from one end of this country to the other in about four hours. So, uh, I mean, to be fair, you know, tournament players tend to bitch and moan about a 30 minute journey. So uh, Uh, it must be, must be something else for you guys. Well, Josh is the flyer. He flies yeah, them. So. A fair bit of <clears throat> flying involves getting through airport security with your big bag of miniatures and stuff, which <laughs> can be a yeah. bit at the time. We did have a guy come to a um, uh, Kings of War tournament. He came over from Australia and um, he was. Um, he didn't come over just for that, but obviously he took the opportunity of playing at the time. And this is when, uh, before I'd sort of found six. So this was at the end of the end times. and you know, rank and flank was required for me. Um, and Kings of War sort of, if you like, maybe hit that itch for a period of time, uh, which is by Mantic. Uh, and he brought, I can't even remember his name now, but he brought over this amazing ogre army and they were all done as Shreks. So oh, <laughs> literally nice. they're all the old GW ogres. They weren't the Mantic ones because they're horrendous. Right. They look like the Rocky Horror yeah, Picture Show. Um, yeah. But so they're the old big-bellied, ogres and he converted them all into shrek so he had lady fiona and he had shrek and they all had these little ears and everything and uh it was the smallest army you could bring over i think in the plane so yeah (laughs) that was amazing probably least likely to break too by the sound of it yeah Yeah. so i mean that's one of the things i'm interested in hearing about just uh and not specific questions or anything but just the difference there in like how hard was it for you? Like how when you said you you got back into it and you set up that sort of uh, gaming club first, did did people just come out of the woodwork then? Like is it like I, I have this vision that it's quite easy to find players in the UK? Cause it's, um, it's no, it's not. <laughs> it's actually yeah. not. Um, just so <laughs> the the reason I set the gaming club up in the first place, which in a way kind of kickstarted everything, was the fact that. Um, obviously at the time, um, Henry would have been five. Um, so obviously far too young to play with on a sort of sensible level. Um, and there was me and a couple of mates had also, again, of an age where we'd sort of grown up playing that, um, because another hobby of mine, which I actually turned into a business was airsoft. Um, so I'd got a few marshals who weirdly, a lot of people who play airsoft play, um, Warhammer, uh, it turns out. Right. So um, I had a group of about four or five of us. Um, and a search on Facebook and a search on Google found one gaming club in the town I live, which hadn't had a post on it for about four years. Couldn't find any clubs at all. So um, I contacted a church hall and we rented that. And it just kind of developed from there, really. It mm. just posted on Facebook. Um, and it was a slow burn. Um, I think we got up to about 10 members. So it wasn't wasn't yeah, great. Um, yeah. and I, I effectively had to supply most of the things. Um, and then about three years after we set the store up, we found out there was two other gaming clubs in the town. <laughs> so it's not easy finding somewhere to 
if you like call home from a gaming perspective i think mm-hmm. probably now if you were if you were into the hobby it would be a bit easier um but obviously coming in completely fresh where obviously you go onto facebook now you can find you know thousands of different groups for every possible thing you know every faction every yeah. chapter and so on and so forth what, uh, sorry, maybe, what year was that versus? Yeah, uh, oh, it would be 10 Sorry. years ago. So, um, yeah, okay. it would be 2013. Okay, so uh, that's, that's like eight nine was years in December. Deep. So, yeah, 10 years yeah. ago. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. after the eighth demise or anything like that. It was definitely during its... No, it was, as I say, it was still, yeah. eighth was still technically going. Um, yeah. there, was a, there was a club that I found um, in Nuneaton, which is probably about a 25-minute journey. Uh, which isn't isn't much at all, um, but it didn't it didn't run on a night that was particularly good. There was a bit of eighth scene there, um, and obviously when we opened, it was still it was still eighth for about a year, I think, probably before the end times came along. Um, but it just was a case I just couldn't find anyone to play necessarily. Um, yeah, as such, obviously, it all kind of then steamrolled from there, really. And do you so? You're primarily, I mean, this is jumping a little bit ahead, but you're primarily playing six then now in that, like for the Warhammer content. You obviously play a fair bit in store. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of game systems, but yeah, um, from a from a rank and flank perspective, it's definitely uh, sixth edition is the is the key. Although I'm currently trying to work on a third edition Empire Army. Oh, cool! <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> nice. So I, um, I had, I had all the, I got the, uh, I've long since sold my books, but uh, mm. there's a, a website called Docs Direct in the UK, which um, I think is a worldwide franchise. But basically, downloaded the, the stuff and, and got a book made. Back, uh, yeah, That's so cool. it was cheaper, cheaper doing it that way than buying an original third edition book. Yeah, I've got one, but it's fallen apart, and I keep thinking about it. Get it rebound or not, but then I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I should just do what you did and just keep. Yeah, it literally, just downloaded the file and yeah. had them had them bind it and everything. It's got a nice little name on the side, and it's you know really well done. It, I think it was about forty quid, so it wasn't. Yeah, well, that's, that's cheaper than a brand new rule book anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. So, what's, um, what's the inspiration behind that? They're going to the third edition um, Empire, like uh, just because it was the. Um, the first real proper edition I think that I probably played um, was third edition. Um, and it, it was something that actually a friend of mine who I worked with at the Leicester Games Workshop store. So again, going back 30 years, he just messaged me on Facebook and said, do you fancy playing a game of third at some point? I was like, mm. okay, no problem. <laughs> um, surprise, I mean, there's not a huge amount different. I mean, fifth was very different to sixth. Seventh was not that dissimilar to six. Eighth was very mm. different. Um, but third, in a way, there's quite a lot of bits of third that actually aren't that dissimilar to six. So, again, it's quite an easy transition yeah. in some regards. Yeah. I always found, like, I mean, obviously there's more in it complexity-wise in terms of what you can do and move and slightly different stats because of the, well, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the psychology part of it. But um, I always found, because I was a kid, it was so slow because, like, I didn't use movement trays, not that I had many figures and all that sort of stuff. So it was probably something that lasted all day to play. Yeah, I mean, whether, yeah. whether, whether this project will ever happen is another matter, but yeah. it gives me an opportunity to buy some Perry miniatures, and, which obviously was the Empire based off at the time with 
bombards and etc. So um, I think he's planning on doing Undead, which were particularly filthy in that edition. So yeah, okay, cool. yeah. we'll probably end I'm up doing a combat report and then canning it. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. Well, so will you paint them in the, you know, there's that old old hammer movement where everyone paints them, you know, using the the old paint scheme as much as possible? Is yeah, that I mean, I sold a lot. I mean, I actually still had a lot of the old paints, but about last year um, someone who was in the Man of War scene, which I'm quite mm, heavily cool. involved in, even though I don't really do that many battle reports, it's not the most, you know, uh, it's not the the nicest one to, for a viewer to try and follow with all the right. cards and templates and everything else um so um yeah someone was trying to paint a load of a man of war and they wanted titillating pink and they wanted all these others and i happened to have my old box of paints from the loft which actually still were in perfect condition wow. so i did sell a lot of the old ones off but yeah i mean i i don't think i'd necessarily go too too extreme with the but, uh, well, well third probably wasn't like that anyway because it wasn't like a, it wasn't really a polished game you know it was still very when you look at some of those pictures it, it was still very much an rpg element to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it it wasn't fifth where it was like well it's sold to kids you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah a bit of hero hammer yeah yeah oh then that's really interesting so um the store then was really because of the whole to be a you know to get I guess to get access as a merchant is that what it's called or whatever you said yeah you have to it's, have a brick and mortar yeah it is I mean it's um, yeah I mean I, I've got a bit of an addictive personality if I if I want to get involved in something um, I tend to uh, go to an extreme um, whether it be uh, my day job or the airsoft or the model shop really so um, yeah it's uh, tend to go all in. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very expensive hobby. This, so, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, the game store is uh, uh, one where we're in a bit of a. I mean, I suppose in a way, in hindsight, um, whether we would, you know, if I had, to, if I started again nine years ago, um, I think I probably would have had to go for a bigger premises initially out the money into a bigger premises the problem we've got from our store point of view is we're caught between the two extremes of wargaming um retail which is you especially in the uk you either have a very small store where you don't pay rates um you have a couple of tables and you stock the top i don't know 250 or whatever you can probably make a little living doing that or you go down the route of what a lot some of the uk companies are which is the drop ships so you have a little trade element to allow you to have a contract uh, contract with gw and then you have a big warehouse and you stuck it high and sell it cheap yeah. so we're in that little problem where we've got 12 gaming tables so we're kind of like a, a mid-sized store so the problem with that is we pay we have to pay business rates in the uk which yeah for a start is 900 pound a month for our store um, on top of that you've then got your rent your electric and everything else your staff costs but we don't have enough tables to run huge events and really yeah. from a gaming perspective that's where you need that's where the money is because the trade rates that you get from the likes of Games Workshop are not great. Um, and as such, you really need that 
event turnover. And when you're competing with some companies where they'll have 100 tables, if you're charging wow. someone £20 for a ticket and you've got 100 tables, you can have big events. And that kind of just funds everything else because, you know, to, to be a millionaire owning a games you know a gaming store, you need to have two million to start with. Yeah, wow. And it will yeah, reduce yeah. down to one million quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it is not, not designed. To not make great money. business maths, is it? How many stores in the UK would be that size? Um, I think, well, from the point of view of that size, you've, you've really got probably Element Games in Manchester and you've got Firestorm in Cardiff. They're the two, if you like, the two big ones. And they've got, uh, Element Games has other stores though, but they're just not as big. Um, no, they have a little satellite do? store and then they oh, have their is main. That what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I'm aware anyway, obviously it's a competitor. Yeah. I don't go that often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even at their discounts i still get it cheaper yeah <laughs> is that like your one josh down in melbourne the one that your house of what's it called house the, house of war? Of, the house of war but no it sounds more like gary's one really they've probably got yeah. about yeah 12 or maybe 15 tables on the, yeah. on the up, up on the upper slope and then most of they're just trying to sell stuff on the bottom floor yeah okay yeah that's like we've got one good good games which is the franchise here that I guess they sometimes have tables. Sometimes they, you know, obviously they're running magic and all that sort of stuff. I guess to make it. Yeah, that's the one thing we don't do. Which I suppose, in a way, obviously, is what keeps a lot of them um, afloat. Fortunately, um, I have a day job which sort of subsidises the gaming store, really. So it's, um, yeah. I suppose, in a way, it's more for my mental health and you know, hobby time and that kind of thing as much as anything. And uh, you know, it's for me, it's seeing the friendships and the relationships being built through the customers that really makes it happen. Um, financially, it's not great. Obviously I have to pay for a member of staff in there and that kind yeah. of thing. And, you know, it each, well, pre COVID, we were just about to make profit for the first time, which would have been year, probably year seven. Mm -hmm. um, because again, the problem with gaming store is the fact that if you take Games Workshop as an example, you have a stock level. Um, let's say in our case, it's £50,000 for the sake of argument. Each week, they release another £500 worth of stock that you have mm. to stock. So even yeah. if you are selling, you're you're actually your stock is getting up and up and up. I mean, when we first opened, I think I put 25 k into stock. I think yeah. we're now at nearly 200 k in stock. So, you know, yeah. You've got to keep bumping your insurance up there. Is well, exactly. Like that's the well, yeah, and that's another thing. And then subsequently, you get to another threshold. You need, you need a better alarm system. You need better security cameras, and yeah. you, know, you need shutters on your windows and all this kind of thing. And it's uh, you get to the point where you're almost running a jeweler's, um, but it's made of plastic. Yeah, wow. <laughs> God. Well, well, I mean, I won't go down to, I mean, I, I'm a, you know, I do software business stuff, so I'm sort of a bit of an entrepreneur myself. So I've, I've probably got a million questions around that, but it probably won't go down <laughs> the whole, might, might, might be a different podcast. <laughs> rather than I do have one, one question that might be six related at least, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Yeah. Um, if you did have that many tables, like if you had, had the ability to expand, would you have enough uh, locally up interest or uptake to fill those tables with six-style tournaments? 
or would it have to be other game systems? Um, I think six would probably struggle. I mean, obviously, when you're talking that kind of number, you're talking um, you're talking 40k and Age of Sigma as they yeah, are right. the current live games. Um, but and again, obviously, from a store perspective, we do run a lot of those events, and what right. that does also allow is for us to run more niche games. So, for example, the one we've just done this weekend, which was a, uh, a very much a themed day. Um, we capped it at 12 players, of which three were staff. So we actually only sold nine tickets uh, for a whole day, uh, which, you know, for the store, if we'd done a 40K event, we would have had 24 players. So, you know, it kind of it from a, if you do it purely from a financial point of view, we wouldn't be running six edition tournaments. We'd be running 40K every, every couple of weeks and Age of Sigmar and Blood Bowl and that kind of thing. Mm. Because... That's where you're. If you want to purely just sell tickets, and you want to chase the dollar, that's what you've got to do. I feel like your son is onto something. Then, yeah. But I mean, I guess that's. I mean, that was sort of going to be my sort of comment. I guess is you know, providing you're able to, you know, I guess. So if you're trying to just do the Warhammer fantasy type crowd, I think you'd, yeah, you'd, it sounds like definitely a struggle. But hopefully, if you know if you've got a gaming shop that does all of it, um, I think you're, yeah, the you're prob- doing the, the right thing. Yeah, the There is probably about a hundred active mm-hmm. fantasy six edition players in the UK at the minute. Um, uh, the problem is getting them all in one place at the right time for an event. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, normally when we run in, as I say, we have 12 tables. If I use the filming room, we have 13 tables. So we, we cap out at 26. We can't f- physically fit any more into the store. Um, yeah. But like the last couple of Dawn of War events we've run this year, um, we've, we've capped out. And in actual fact, we've oversold because one or two people have then subsequently had to pull out and we replaced them with the reserve list. So... Yep. Um, and then Alex Storch, um, he's kind of, if you like, the you know the the other main tournament guy in the UK. Um, and again, his events generally are around that kind of figure as well. So yeah. uh, to get everyone in one place at one time, generally speaking, it's you know probably no more than thirty you'd get on a good day. Right. Oh, we'll probably revisit that a little bit when we chat Old World maybe um, at the end there. But um, I saw that uh, you got some who, – who turns up to these things? I did see that. Was that Lesio Cavatori came to one of your yeah. events? That, <laughs> yeah. Do you see some of the, the old crowd coming around? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously um, he was around at the time when I was at his workshop, um, albeit I didn't know him at that time. I think I, I think I met him, but – didn't really talk chat to him. I was only a staffer at the end of the day. I was nobody yeah. important. So, um, but yeah, through actually a connection initially with Warlord um, and Bolt Action, I actually got to know Alessio quite well, as well as through Mantic and obviously he wrote Kings of War. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've known Alessio for probably sort of five or six years, kind of quite well to the point where going up, having lunches, doing a bit of um, secret uh, secret play testing for one or two different games, <laughs> which we're not allowed to mention. And, um, yeah, so uh, obviously 
you know, he, he was quite quite big at that time in six editions. So it was quite a it's quite a nice opportunity to get him to, to come down. He's still based in Nottingham, so he's only an hour away from where we are. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, he's a good chap. So we've yeah. managed to get him down. We've had Rick Priestley down previously. So um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. They're all still Nottingham based, you see. So it's it's not yeah. that far from to travel. Not even on you know, even though some of them get no free bus pass now. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I was just sorry. You yeah, sorry. I was going to say, how did it feel on the day if you have like a random rules query and you're just like, "Hey, Alicia, what's the rule for this?" Or do you want to <laughs> FAQ this little bit, please? <laughs> well, the the, the the best thing, um, and he's going to kill me for saying it, was prior to the event, he was decided he was going to run his Skaven, um, and he he sent me a message saying, uh, "Which book is it?" So my reply was, it was the one you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't you don't look to Alessio for rules queries. <laughs> There's it actually, um, yeah. Well, uh, the reason why I brought that up is because I um, I was listening to the Jordan Sorcery interview with him, and he he mentioned not specifically that story, but he did say um, that there was a moment where he was like cheering because he rolled double ones for a break test or something, and, and everyone yeah. <laughs> went, uh, "Does it does it apply?" So yeah, he has yeah, no idea. Uh, Unfortunately, that was the rule he wrote for Kings of War. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's um, he, again the the event. I think he struggled in the first game, but it all started flooding back to him by game two. And uh, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't do bad. In fairness, he was definitely the, the top Skaven player in that tournament. <laughs> Albeit uh, there was good. only one. Only one? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that way. Cool. <clears throat> How are you enjoying YouTube? Is that like, um, is that purely a, a labor of love as well? Or, I mean, does that do anything for your store? Or is it just, um, um, it just gives me an excuse to play games, to be honest. And again, yeah. um, encourage people to sometimes play different games out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of six edition stuff on there but again um if i look at the likes of sam and john and colin um who are quite regular on there um they um they'd never played six previously so again we've got them sort of really into it um and that's you know it's a it's how we drive the the sales or the traffic if you like um we've done open invites to anyone you know as we've had big sam um John Smart coming up from Bristol for a day to play a couple of games on 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 the channel, that kind of thing. So it's just yeah. it's an excuse to play games, um, and it kind of never started out as you know I'm going to be the next KSI. Um, still not miles away from that, but yeah, we make a make a little bit of money on it now, which obviously just gets ploughed back into buying some more terrain and that kind of thing. And it just as mm. I say, it just gives me a reason to go down and game. Um, I'm not massive. Uh, you know, like in store, we have forty k leagues and major sigma leagues and all this kind of thing, and uh, it's not really my my bag. So uh, <laughs> it just gives me an excuse to play some games. Ah, cool, love it. Well, yeah, Josh, you'd want to just quickly touch on sixth edition up. Like, um, I guess one of the questions, obviously, we've been talking about it. It seems to be. I mean, would you agree that it seems to be? Is it just your area that it's? more interests in terms of the Warhammer fantasy scene or do you think it's is it just pockets like we find uh you know that you know Warhammer Army's project's bigger somewhere else and then eighth is bigger somewhere else is it is it that or do you think there is a bit of a movement around sixth edition um, I think there's definitely a, 
uh, or there seems to be a movement of around six, um, even to the point where uh, we have a very sort of passionate Age of Sigmar player who came in on Saturday um, and he does quite a bit of, you know, he's hosted tournaments in the store and stuff. And you know, even today I've sent him through a sample undead list. He wants to do a vampire count, undying legion, loads of skeletons, this kind of thing. So he's repurposing a load of skeletons onto square bases. Um, so, you know, he's picking up is picking up traction. We don't have anyone play ninth or uh, Army's project or anything like that within the store. So it's uh, you know from a rank and flank point of view, that's the only game that's played um, in any real note. Obviously, I can't comment nationally as I'm not in the mm. eighth edition groups. But um, yeah, I mean, we recently, uh, although I couldn't make it, they we recently took over Warhammer World playing sixth edition. Yeah, um, so there was a quite a few guys there. I think that was about twenty plus again. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I if I tried hosting an eighth edition tournament, uh, I don't think we'd really get any traction at all. Um, but again, it's a lot of it is difficult because again, when we set up the store. Um, I was into bolt action, but the local players were into Flames of War. It took a couple of years to convince them and show them their error of their ways and move them across to that, uh, to the point where, where we've still got some Flames of War stuff in a box under a table because no one buys it anymore now. Um, so everyone locally plays bolt action, 40k, um, and 6th edition. I suppose the biggest problem we've had with 6th edition is the... You know, if you're not eating to printing and have a deep, good quality printer, then it's trying to find models to fit ranges now. As obviously with mm. Games Workshop, they've, they're starting to veer very much away from the old, old world aesthetic. Um, if you've seen any of the new yeah. um, Free Guild or whatever they're called, they're pretty horrendous. Um, <laughs> I don't mind some of them, but yes, it's, they don't look. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, they're just very. They're away. just a different yeah. aesthetic, and you've got yeah. like floating eels flying through the air that can't breathe and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know the the actual availability of models that can be used is is falling away with games. Watch now. Obviously, you you have got things like War Games Atlantic of you know randomly just bring out random boxes of stuff that you could use. Um. Fireforge. Um, What's a, the one you use, Josh? The Highland Miniatures. The yeah, Highland Miniatures. Oh, yeah. That's printed. Yeah, they're printed. I mean, they're lovely miniatures, but again, you've got to have someone with access to it. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, and obviously Mantic miniatures are you know again generally don't don't hit the mark. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Well, that's interesting. Um, I was wondering, like, what's what's the, what is it about six? Do you think draws that in? Is it just that? Uh, well, I think it's the balance. Um, I think yeah. you know, um, at two thousand points and under, which is generally your tournament kind of level, it's just a you know. And if you look at the results, it's very much player based as opposed to faction based. You know, one one event we can have lizard men top the table, but lizard men be bottom. The next event. You know, ogres have won a tournament. Next event, wood elves have, and so on and so forth. So it's, I think the, you know, you still get bad list builds, but generally yeah. speaking, the armies are fairly, fairly 
balanced. Um, and obviously, there are some some tier aspects. You know, tier aspects. Sorry, um, you still won't see any witch elves or um, you know the black guard in an army of dark elves ever. But you do get sort of two or three different build types. Uh, the magic system isn't broken to the point where it's unplayable, which it was sort of towards the back end of the edition. Um, and I think also the buy-in point as well, which was another thing that I think maybe was the death knell when they started making you have to have 60, 80 in a unit. Yeah. So the buy-in yeah. now for a Warhammer Fantasy 6 edition army, if you wanted to start from scratch and play 6, the buy-in's the same as any other game system you might buy and buy an army. Whereas if you wanted to say, right, okay, I'm going to play Warhammer Armies Project or 8th edition, and you need an army of, you know, you need 60 spearmen, just not going to happen. So again, it's, I think there's an affordability, there's a a time aspect, there's a nostalgia aspect as well. Um, I suppose most most of the people in the 6th edition scene are at least probably 35 plus those under have been dragged into it rather than necessarily chosen it um so yeah i guess it's a bunch of old people playing games i do um i mean that's one thing i've liked about well i hope with the old world is that they've you know because you could say it's it's on one hand 35 plus is bad but on the other hand 35 plus is getting into that realm of i've got a lot of disposable income and i want to i want to spend it on something and so Mm. You know, whether or not that's, you know, a product that Games Workshop can sell for the rest of their life like they can with 40K, I don't know. But I feel like there is this window where it's like, let's build a rule system that's, you know, solid, something like six, supported at least with some new stuff. Maybe then, you know, it becomes at least a profitable thing for them rather than what fantasy ended up being, I guess. It's never going to, you know, be that big 40K AOS probably, but, you know, that's what I'm hoping for with that. Um yeah, so with the six stuff, so I guess, well, Josh, did you want to um, ask the question about, I know you're pretty interested in sort of the scenario stuff that uh, Gary's been running. Yeah, yeah, because I was looking at your uh, little, um, the the really fluffy Bretonian campaign thingy that you had going on, <laughs> um, just, I think it was just the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah, like, like um, do you often like to run events like that? We've got like a really strong sort of, fluffiness to them or because i saw you had everyone like submit (laughs) armies and photos and stuff um i'll Um, be honest i haven't done it with with fantasy before um i've done it with uh bolt action previously where we did sort of we've done themed days um but um no i mean it was just something that um we had a space in the calendar we had an event that uh, was clearly not going to get the uptake um so i made the decision to pull the event and then have a chat to a few people and say right who's available so it started off with okay there's only going to be maybe well i said we needed a minimum of of 12 ideally just to you know warrant the event going ahead um and it was just a case of right what can we do you know, if we have if we have a ten or twelve player tournament, it's just the same old, same old again. Let's try and do something a bit different. Um, and then going back to the Alessio thing, um, I actually have his army from White Dwarf two hundred seventy, I think it is. Mm. Uh, but basically, it's the Bretonian army based on Turin, 
so it's all got the bull of Turin on it and all the backstory. Um, and I posted up some pictures, oh god, a couple of months ago maybe, and people were sort of saying, "Oh, can we have close-ups? Where can we see this army?" Blah 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 blah. And it was like, right, okay, well, I'm going to do a couple of battle reports with the Bretonians, get them out on the camera again, because it's a an heavy metal painted Bretonian army featured in White Dwarf, so it's like an iconic army. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, well, if we've only got a few people, what can we do? Um, and also, I played quite a bit of Warmaster. Um, a Warmaster, I, I liked from the point of view of scenarios and the fact that you can put quite a bit of theme into it and obviously you pile it with mighty empires and you can do big campaigns and that kind of thing. And obviously it was a case, well, we'd need to do something in a day. So we just I just came up with the idea of doing good versus evil and set in Bretonia because obviously I'd got the army out. Um, who would be there supporting the Bretonians? So we had wood elves, we had dwarves, and we had the empire coming over the, over the mountains to, to aid Bretonia. Um, and it was originally going to be three orc armies, so it was originally going to be a, like a bit of a war, and then Skaven taking advantage and that kind of thing. And then, <laughs> you know, one person didn't get their army painted in time, so <laughs> they they had to change. We had someone pull out, which meant John, who's uh, one of our staff ringers, if you like, he had to uh, swap sides to even it up. So yeah, it didn't quite go quite according to plan. Um, however, we had. You know, I had this idea that there would be an initial skirmish. That we did. So the first game was a thousand points. So we had a thousand point armies. The initial skirmish of the you know the the evil marauders coming into the fringes of Bretonia or hitting the 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 army of Noln on its way over the pass. Um, and then we had a two thousand point battle, which also affected the last game because again, what I have done previously, if you've seen it on the YouTube, is we've done some old fifth edition, um, sort of the item of Gork, and so we've actually used those but playing it in six. So those have the you know one scenario reflects on the final battle. So we had the the thousand point game determined whether you could have 250 points of forces in the final battle get a free advance move after deployment so to represent them scouting ahead and you know um, setting up pickets and that kind of thing um, and if you won the second battle you got to deploy your whole army in the final game if you lost that you could only put a thousand points on the table and the other thousand points had to come on from reserve so um, so there was a, a benefit to winning all of the scenario to then get us to that big battle at the end um, so yeah unfortunately though for me um, being the Brit Lord of Bretonia uh, and relying on my undead Bretonian allies um, unfortunately Adrian Wayne decided halfway through the battle that his vampire had had enough of my uh, Paladin on Pegasus, so he decided after I charged a giant, he was going to come into my um, rear and uh, kill me as well. So the undead, <laughs> the undead decided in turn three to swap sides oh. for their own. So I think um, he's pretty much made it that the the next themed event will be uh, the assault on the the undead. <laughs> so I think that's almost written itself. Um, yeah. So yeah, he may well, 
we end up being the main protagonist in the next uh, in the next one we did. Which, as I say, feedback wise, we had great feedback. Um, it was a small event, so I said to everyone, "Look, we're not going to do lunch. We're not going to give prizes." Um, so the only prize that will be there, rather than us giving, you know, paying for glass trophies and all this kind of thing, which we need with the higher numbers, is um, you need to do a background, do your photos. Mm-hmm. Whoever gets the most likes on Facebook, effectively will win win a gift voucher for the store. So, you know, and in fairness cool. to Matt Wells, <clears throat> I think he wrote about um, his own version of War and Peace for the Skaven. So. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read them all. I read a few, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, regrettably, Adrian and his uh, and his vampires actually won the bloody prize as well. So there you go. <laughs> no karma in this world. Yeah, <laughs> no karma. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I, I really liked the look of that whole massive art, um, uh, terrain table with all those armies set out, like, and the terrain you had. I saw like as a to a discerning eye, like I liked the. Um, tabletop world buildings you've got going on there they're all painted yeah, yeah, really yeah. nicely all the, yeah. all the whole setup on that table yeah um, it's actually it's really pretty uh, but yeah it's it's, uh, it's it's an eight foot scenario board and then obviously we've added on with uh, with other bits towards the end but it's all it's all the same thickness as the old gw battle boards so as uh, mm. such so you get that continuity so we we've actually got space for about another Probably another table's worth at the end, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, and then you've got the big Renetra castle, which um, is the mm. plastic kit, so uh, yeah, it all, it all works very Bretonian, yeah. Uh, how did you go with the cast? Because you had a fair few buildings quite close together and the castle going on, like uh, it's always a balance up on the terrain, not interfering too much with how the movement's well, to be honest. The, the the main the main bit which is the castle and the village is the display piece so effectively it's an eight the main board if you like is eight foot so effectively the the last two foot is not playable so yeah. obviously if you did a siege you could use the castle but effectively the castle and the village two on the camera which would be the top left basically just um is for display only it just gives the theme it gives the setting you know people yeah. coming in on saturday saw it and went wow what is this and the bit that draws them to it other than the ten thousand points of soldiers on the table is the castle and the village um yeah. the other bits like the windmill and the and the bridge they're perfectly playable so that's perfectly fine it's also that's good for cool. things like saga and mordheim so it's it has its benefits it has been used <laughs> I yeah. mean that's part like that. I mean I guess that's why we play this game though. Right? It's just the it's not always about winning and losing, is it at all? It's just the the whole sort of the look of the game, the feel when you're playing it. it it's, you know, exactly, and it's it. you know you obviously it's um, you know one of the prime things over here as well with sixes. I mean we don't we don't hit it too heavily with the whole unpainted painted thing, but it was definitely a case of um, we strongly encourage painted minis um, yeah. because it is it is the effect. Um, and obviously, because you're playing a system that is 20 plus years old, there's, um, you know, you're not you're not chasing that meta, you know, you, you go yeah. into any store these days mm-hmm. in the UK, be the same in AU, um, there'll be grey plastic space marines and it's like what chapter are they this week well they're this chapter yeah. because they get this benefit and that benefit so you know you don't have that so there's no excuse not to paint your models 
And obviously with yeah. speed paints and contrasts and stuff these days, you, you're not going to army out so quickly. Yeah, that's right. You don't have to have it every meta. You know, it doesn't have to be Golden Demon winning, does it? I mean, but just think that the no. I mean, I only literally give a few points, a few tournament points. Literally, you yeah. get a couple of points if it's fifty percent painted, a couple of points if it's seventy-five percent painted, a couple of points if it's hundred percent painted. It's just an encouragement. I'm not keen on, you know doing events based on the hobby element personally um you know for me you've still got to be the best general to win the tournament but you know if you're going to bring an army it needs to at least look the part and rightly get a few extra points for doing that but you know someone could be you know put all the effort in they want um i'm not a great advocate of penalizing people on their ability um they might have spent 10 hours doing something that it took me two hours to do mm. at the end of the day it's yeah. still perfectly good and if they're happy with it that's what counts it's their hobby as much as anyone else's yeah totally agree cool hey um i mean we had some more questions but we're probably getting on there i don't want to hold you <laughs> i know it's late there um i might just ask you a quick like you know your quick impression of what you're looking for with the old world in terms of um you know excited for it are you just happy to keep playing six i mean like what's your what's your feelings Um, on it i mean i'll definitely give it a go um i'm excited and sort of um a bit a bit worried at the same time i guess um you know games workshop don't have the best track record when it comes to um a lot of their games really um, although we always look back fondly on the games that we played as a kid um, obviously if it creates the access to cheaper plastic minis all great and from what we've heard so far looks like a lot of the old plastic kits will be coming back out um, bit concerned if obviously all the core characters are going to be forge world um, mm-hmm. I'd be a bit of a worry um, and again, a lot of it's going to come down to what the game's like. If it's like six, I'll play it. If it's like eighth, I won't. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. My concern with Games Workshop is that they do tend to um, want you to keep spending the money, which is perfectly fine. And from a business point of view, totally get it. Um, but I think probably I'm not at that point where, I mean, I guess I probably have somewhere in the region of probably eight. 120,000 points of Warhammer 6 edition stuff. <laughs> um, I think we did an 80,000 point battle once on camera. So um, I've got a feeling wow. we did that. Um, so yeah, and that wasn't all of the models. That was just Chaos versus Empire and <laughs> Bretonians and Wood Elves, I think. So um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I'll, I mean, let's say for, for me now, 47 years old, I think it's more the community. Um, yep. so I don't, I can't see me stop playing sixth, um, even if 10th, ed, ninth, ed, whatever they're going to call it, uh, comes out and it is fantastic. I will still be playing six with my mates. There's no doubt about that. Um, hopefully it'll be a decent game. I mean, from a retailer point of view, it, mm. you know, it, looking forward to it, but then I was looking forward to, um, effectively epic coming back but then that's been kicked down the park a bit so games workshop yes. in a bit of a mess at the minute um mm. it's two weeks and i still haven't had my order from two weeks ago so yeah it's uh, got some real distribution issues at the moment which are having a massive effect on, uh, on everything 
Yeah, that's what they're, they're yeah, their whole pipeline's a bit <laughs> issue with Epic, so hopefully it settles down. Hopefully it doesn't yeah, screw hopefully. the Christmas period up and stuff. Yeah, anyway. Well that's no, that's good to know. And I'm like that's the thing, I guess um it's funny if you're doing not that the fantasy stuff's, you know, profitable for you, but I feel like if the old world can at least bring some of that community back and focus it, even if some people still playing six, you know, mate, I don't know. You know, if it doubles the amount of attendance, suddenly it becomes, <clears throat> I don't know, there's more options out there. So, Yeah, I just think that um, they possibly, uh, you know, the whole rebasing thing, um, uh, a lot of it I think comes down to what they do with the magic aspect. I mean, it's all well and good going yeah. back, going back before effectively the old world. Um, that's fine. Um, aesthetically, yeah, you can create new characters, which obviously is really what they're looking to do, and you know, trying to get you to spend that thirty pound on a on a footnight, yeah. um, and using the plastic Bretonian box from thirty years ago to facilitate the sale of the old Forge World model. That's that's fine, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's just going to come down to the gameplay. Is it really? going to be a, a rank and flank game that we thought it was going to be or is it going to be some kind of Age of Sigmar 40k incarnation you know um, do they want people to buy into a rank and flank game or do they want people to buy into a game that literally they can 100% control and dictate where it goes with constant releases constant yeah. You know, if there's data cards and stuff, they can go and do one. <laughs> That's true. No, I mean, I mean, they're a business, aren't they, as well? So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and again, <clears throat> I, you know, the the issue is that I can't. It's like a lot of these things. I mean, obviously, Aeronautica was bit the dust this year. Um, obviously, Blood Bowl bit the dust for a long time, and then they brought that back. Same with, you know, uh, Middle Earth to a degree. Um, however, again. You know, the, these things only have a finite amount of people that are going to play it and subsequently invest in it. And the problem yeah. for Games Workshop has always been they need people to keep buying. Yep. And unfortunately, when you have games like effectively a rank and flank game, you can you build and paint your army. There's not an incentive to go and get something else. And again, they, they, if they're going back, they, they can't really reinvent the wheel. They've kind of got to go yeah. backwards. So gunpowder is going to be out of the question. You know, warp lightning cannons are going to be out of the question. It's, uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Mm. Um, but at the minute, they're, the ones that they really are focusing on are the ones where they can just bring a new unit out when they feel like it. Like we've just over here, we've just got the you know new release for Oryx. They've not had anything for a while, but they've just created something and gone. Yeah. There you go. You can have that. Just put the big uh, Gore Grunter thing in. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. Like that's probably yeah an army that's rank and flank and mostly units. It's yeah. It's yeah the support characters are generally hopefully less if it's more balanced but that's the whole idea of um trying to sell well, if they start bringing that like empire spartans then we've got problems haven't we <laughs> okay. hey um but look we've kept you long enough i think is there anything josh did you want to ask any other questions or no i think we've covered most things we want to talk about today yeah well, no, really appreciate it, Gary. I know um, you probably have never heard of us, but we've heard of you. So that's why we <laughs> to chat. So I really appreciate it. I think everyone, like I said, everyone just loves to talk hobby. Um, and so we've 
had great you know feedback just on uh, our small little podcast already that and and people who want to chat to us so we obviously massively appreciate it especially staying up late mate um is there anything you want to um bring up just for your local crowd anything you're trying to promote or any new tournaments that are coming up or anything like that um well, we're kind of getting towards the end of our um, tournament scene for the year. Uh, we've got a uh, two-day tournament coming up, which is the finale of the Dawn of War series of games. So basically over here, when we do a Dawn of War, or when we do a, a year, uh, the winner of each tournament gets a free pass to the two-day event at the end. Um, so we generally run four or five of those events. Um and then we have a two-day event at the end of the year, which is always good because you get to do the social aspect as well, which is go out and have a few beers or a you know, Turkish meal or curry or whatever. Um, so that's always good because, as I say, the, 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 the real attraction with Sixth Edition is the community rather than necessarily anything else, to be honest. Um, and then next year we'll have to come up with a, a new name for the new series. Uh, so, um, but yeah, this year's you know this this year's definitely progressed on a bit more. We've done that, done an Iron Man event, which was quite interesting. Where um, obviously people brought an army that they didn't play; it just got randomly picked, and uh, ah, cool. you ended up using someone else's army for the day and having to sort of try and learn their rules. And obviously, some people brought competitive lists, and other people brought armies that. <laughs> you really want would never see on the table anywhere else, but they knew they weren't going to play it, so they brought them. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, a purely infantry dark elf army, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. No shooting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we've had, you know, we've had a, and obviously then we've just done the theme thing. So yeah, this year's, I think we will we'll hit eight events by the end of the year for sixth edition. So. Um, try and maintain that next year and you know see what happens really i feel oh, like that's the, awesome the name of the tournament next year almost writes itself doesn't it couldn't she go for like midday at war or something yeah that might well be it to be fair <laughs> yeah I'll, uh, I'll have to uh, give you some royalties for that one <laughs> thank you awesome cheers gary hey um yeah i've said Thanks so much for coming on. Um, if there's nothing else you want to ask us or anything, but other than that, we're really thankful and um, hopefully everything keeps picking up and, yeah, 2024 is a good year for not only Warhammer Gaming but your store as well. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, life's been a bit tricky this year as well. So, um, yeah, next year hopefully everything will have settled down and uh, get back to uh, putting out a bit more uh, content on Warhammer Wednesdays because, um, you know, we – did very well the previous year then sort of march took a bit of a downturn and uh yeah got to try and get back on it the pro <laughs> problem is by the time you film a film a game and edit it it's um <laughs> yeah. yeah real life gets in the way sometimes yeah no totally understand yeah awesome okay well i'll let you uh i'll let you get back to hobbying or bed or whatever it is at now 10 o'clock at night for you so yeah and i'll spend <laughs> some time with a good lady <laughs> yeah. thanks mate Otherwise. Oh well, that was uh, that man. That was an awesome interview with Gary. Um, I, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Um, it's a it's almost like everyone's dream of can I ever, can I make a business work as a you know playing games, but it's always trickier. <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, something yeah. about making a, a hobby into a into a job. You know, it's such a hard balance in that regard. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating. I'm getting into this now. Like if I'd 
been talking to you earlier. I mean, I sort of was a little bit, not much, but like, and been playing this since six took off, you know, a year or two ago here. When I went to the UK in May, I would have been able to know a lot more people to maybe even try and get a game in. That would have been awesome. Or oh, at least meet someone cool. at uh, Wyoming World to play a game and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't know anyone, so yeah. frustrating, but. Well, yeah, or even yeah. turn up for that. Um, uh, take over the Warhammer oh, World God, yeah, event they awesome. have. <laughs> they're doing another one for New Year's Day or something like that, one of those ones where they're going to try and get book out every table. I don't know if it's six, though. It might be eight, but um, some people are doing something where they're going to try and square base out the whole <laughs> the whole place. Wow. <laughs> so that would be funny. Anyway, cool. Well, I mean, hopefully our listeners uh, enjoyed, you know, our chat at the beginning, tournament stuff, and also the chat with Gary. Um, anything else you want to talk about, Josh, or close it out? I've lost Josh, so I might just, I mean, he is there, but he just can't hear me. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a closeout. So thanks for listening, guys, as usual. Just, you know, we'd love those five-star ratings on your podcast software of choice. And we're always, <clears throat> always love to hear people's, you know, suggestions through Instagram, Twitter, things like that on Old Web Fanatics. Um, so yeah, follow us on socials. Um, and yeah, hit us up with any, anything you want to talk about or, or learn and we'll share it with you guys. So yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, you're back. You yep. can hear me now. Yep, I'm back. Cool. <laughs> anyway, that's all done. So, yeah, yep. thanks for uh, another episode, mate. Yeah. I'll talk to you next week. That was fun. Fun, Colin. See you next week. See ya. I was like, did he press record? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't record. Got there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay.